Hi, and welcome to the first real episode of the Media Side of Things podcast. My name is Alex Forillo, and I am your host of this wonderful podcast. Uh, we'll be, you know, diving into the media side of the game, don't you believe it? I'm very passionate about the media side of the game. Um, I've been working in it for quite some time down here in Australia. Couldn't you tell from my accent? Um, this week, we're, we're starting off pretty strong uh, interview-wise. We got the man himself, uh, Amal Delich. He works at a little company called Sportsnet. You might have heard of it. Uh, he's a producer on 31 Thoughts. Again, might have heard of that one. A little up-and-coming podcast uh, among uh, Inside Curling um, and plenty of others. He also worked on the Hey Berkey series, um, which is amazing and filled with some great Beef Wellington references, which we can all appreciate. Uh, he's a sound designer, he's a producer, he's an editor, he's a wizard, he's a mastermind, and he's a blueprint for being good at what you do. Uh, before we get into the interview, uh, news of the week that has sort of popped up. Uh, Buffalo reaches, I think it's 14 games. It might be 15 now. I don't know. That thing's a shit show. Uh, at, what point, at what point do you stop broadcasting the games? Spare, spare everyone. Spare me. For, for God's sakes, I don't want to see that team suffer anymore, please. Um, speaking of things falling apart, the Canadian hockey market, the Scotia North Division, Scotia Bank, please pay me, uh, receives its first COVID break of the season. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi and Joel Amia on COVID protocol. Uh, the Habs games have been postponed until March 28th. Uh, it was only a matter of time. Uh, I felt like we hadn't had any games postponed in quite some time. Um, it was bound to happen eventually. It's it's nice that it's only two people, and it's also nice that you know it's only a couple days that they're going to be missing. I think they only missed three games, uh, and they're all against the Oilers, so might have been helping the Habs out there secretly. Um, finally, and something that we actually bring up in the episode, referee Tim Peel was caught on a hot mic talking about a makeup call, and he was fired like within a couple hours. Um, I we spoke about it. It was nine hours. Uh, before the podcast was recorded, it's um, it's this is incredible. I I am not surprised. I'll put it that way, I'm not at all even a little bit surprised that this happened. But it's still interesting to see the repercussions come in so swiftly. Um, I think this might bring in a new era of calls. Um, I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe, uh, the game is is actually called by the book, which would be lovely. Um, God, do I wish that would happen. I, I won't be too surprised if it doesn't, though. Regardless, let's let's jump into the interview. Amal Delich, Sportsnet. Let's let's freaking get into it. Let's let's roll. First off, wow, you're you're the guy. You're the producer, uh, Amal Delich. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you're not a producer. You're the producer. Um, in Elliot Friedman's words, you're the highest paid podcast producer on the planet. Um, <laughs> you know, the way you bring 31 Thoughts together, it's it's a work of art. It's it's a joy to listen to. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you for bringing 31 Thoughts to everyone. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, episode 192 as we speak. Um, so it's pretty impressive how far we've gotten from, you know, a simple concept with uh, a guy who had just left a pretty pretty famous podcast uh, in, in Jeff Merrick with the M versus W podcast and then Elliot walking into the space to see what we've uh, created together. It's, it's quite, uh, I, I've surprised myself sometimes too. I mean, you haven't surprised any of us. You, you're living up to your expectations. Um, 
sort of going back in time, what was your timeline? What was your entrance firstly into the media side of things, which is mm. the name of the podcast, which I do yeah. love saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so what was your entrance into the media side of the sport? Well, I was uh, before, I was always, I've been at Sportsnet now here in Toronto for, uh, it's going to be eight years actually in, in April. It'll be eight years for, for me at Sportsnet, but half time was spent on the radio side working, um, working on the working on our, our remote productions from Raptors games to Leafs games to working uh, as a producer engineer for those broadcasts working as like uh, everything and anything for Toronto FC our soccer club here in Toronto uh, and then before all that it was working weekends and overnights uh, at Sportsnet 590 the fan and doing a lot of that grunt work I guess you could call it but the grunt works it was important it was like you know that's where I'd work overnights and I'd work on my, my mixing skills and I'd work on like, how do I source sound? Where does the source sound live? Who is still up at this hour on the West coast? That could be a contact of mine in the future. All these kind of weird things that I was going through my mind while I was also studying because I was still in school for journalism at university of Toronto and Centennial college. So oh, the beginning, the first four years were very, very crucial in me building up my, my love. I mean, I love sports. But that's where I really got to love the medium, audio especially. I really got to fall in love with it and got to learn learn about it and kind of figure out uh, what, what was in my mind, putting that to uh, onto my computer and then putting it out there and being like, this is what I think sounds good. I hope you guys think it sounds good too. Um, anything from like, you know, the frequencies that I hear in my mind, I think I would, would be good on your mobile player or on your smart speakers. That's kind of what I was trying to figure out. What is that happy middle ground, whether I'm listening to a piece of content in the car or listening to a piece of content on my headphones or on my house speakers, I want it to sound good everywhere it lives. So um, those first four years are crucial. But as I transitioned to where I am today, uh, I was at the CBC working, which is our public broadcaster, which is basically like in Australia, the ABC, um, right, which is yeah. our CBC. So uh, very familiar with ABC because we've we've had I've had a number of talks with them, a lot of their folks down there because they were trying to build out their true crime department when we were already uh, at a pretty pretty great stage within true crime here in Canada with the CBC. So I got I got an opportunity to work with some really great people at the CBC building out their true crime departments, a podcast called Someone Knows Something, and uh, I really built a pretty good name for myself just working on this true crime thing something that I didn't know I'd get into but that's kind of what it showed me that you know what you're not just because you love sports doesn't mean you have to stay in sports your skills can be that you can transcend different different parts of the medium within podcasting so I just kind of took it took it and kind of ran with it you know after like my, was my fourth year at Sportsnet I was like I need to do something different my school asked me to step out and you know, get an internship somewhere. And I was like, I don't understand why I need an internship. I've been working as like a lead producer and stuff, all these remote broadcasts for all these sports teams and all these events. And they just said, you require one. It was the best thing that happened to me. You know, you, you, all the fighting and everything. I, I was like, I look back, I'm like, that was a dumb fight. I'm lucky that I got the opportunity to intern at CBC and then led to a job at the CBC, which led Sportsnet to say, hey, we should do podcasting too. And then it opened up a door for me to kind of be the lead podcast producer at Sportsnet. So kind of where I am today now. Yeah. And so you just never stopped. Fantastic. I, I legit, quickly. I legit, even before that, I never stopped. Like before that I was, and I still, I'm still involved in some capacity at a small 
community station in Toronto called Radio Regent. And that's where I really, really cut my chops. That's where somebody from Sportsnet kind of came across me and found me. A guy who's actually a host in, in Vancouver right now named Dan, Dan Riccio. He came across, came in to do a show one night, uh, a soccer show and a football show. And um, we started, he saw what I was doing behind the board, behind the glass with the mixer. And I was producing and I was giving guys cues and stuff. And he was just like, holy moly, man, this is like, you're doing the job of like four people. And he's like, do you want a job at Sportsnet? And all of a sudden, you know, I got a job working overnights, but it got my foot in the door. And then things kind of just, um, it was just a snowball after that. My favorite sentence is getting a foot in the door because realistically that's an uncomfortable thing to do. Um, (laughs) but it works. It gets you in there. Um, totally. So your, so your job at Sportsnet was, do you want a job at Sportsnet? Is that how that sort of like rolled into that? It it, it kind of, it was, it was kind of like, uh, they trusted Dan a lot. He was a very valuable piece member of the team. And they were just like, Hey, do you want a a part-time job at Sportsnet? Or he asked me, I said, I'd love one. That'd be great. I live around the corner from the station. But it took a while to get the job because they hired a bunch of other people ahead of me and all those people like quit and then they hired me and then i ended up like you know just do my thing i guess you could say and sticking um, around sticking around and do my own thing and you know i i straight up i, I still love radio and I, I enjoy everything every parts of radio but it was the uh, it was it was when i kind of it was when they kind of lured me back to sports and on a full-time basis to run podcasting that's when it was pretty it was pretty obvious to me that they were saying, Hey, do you want this job? Um, because we believe in you and we see what you're doing. We see how hard you work and we see that you, you can, you're able to build something out of nothing. Um, and they brought me over and, uh, I got to give a lot of thanks to Scott Moore, who, who now runs un- uninterrupted here in Canada with LeBron James and Drake and stuff. So I got to give a big shout out to Scott cause he kind of saw an opportunity for podcasts to live within Sportsnet. And, uh, yeah, that was a, it was a, it was a good opportunity. And the first thing they gave me was, uh, like full-time thing was 31 thoughts. And I was like, holy moly, what a, wow, what a project. But I was already working on a couple projects, but they weren't as invested. And, but when 31 thoughts came on board, I was like, holy moly. Uh, okay, let's figure this one out. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously just running back to that with everyone being hired in front of you, you kind of never want to hope someone quits or, or gets fired, but also, you know, sometimes it's you know, yeah. Move out of the way. I need to. 100%. I need to have that job. Yeah, um, 100%. and also like um, having someone like they believe in you when it comes to like stuff that you're doing, stuff you're working on. Because you know, you mentioned you were doing the job of four people. That's that's no small feat to just be, you know to essentially be running everything behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, it's it's good to have your work recognized. And now, like I said, you're the guy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, actually just taking a step back into like hockey as a whole yeah. are you a hockey fan were you a hockey fan what was your hockey upbringing you know i straight up didn't have much of a hockey upbringing i uh i am i am graded i was an immigrant to canada in 1993 out of bosnia so bosnia a lot of the sport is soccer football so that was the one that we really focused on football tennis that kind of stuff um but i really gravitated to baseball at a young age it just fell in love with baseball played baseball all through my youth youth career and uh played provincially as well and i really enjoyed baseball a lot a lot of my buddies played hockey so i went to their hockey games and stuff and hung out with them and one of my best friend played collegiate hockey so i really got a good sense of it uh, but once i got into sports then i realized how important hockey was because hockey is very it is king and you got you gotta you gotta know it um but when I really, really got to fall in love with it was 
you know, working games down at the ACC, now Scotiabank Arena, that's when I really fell in love with hockey. I was just all about it, working with Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph, like the voices of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, on the radio side, being in the arena with those guys, meeting so many great people up in the booth and the engineers on, on the ground and the camera folks and the producers and uh, the BAs and stuff, just kind of getting to know like how how the sausage is made. And Jeff and Ellie talk a lot about that, how the sausage is made. And I got to see how it's made. And then you're like, okay, how do you make it better? So I started adding things to the broadcast, adding a camera in the booth and just started playing with it. It's trying, it's trying to see like, how can I engage an audience that's on their phones or at home or whatever that much more than just them having to turn the radio on, you know? So that's kind of when I really started to see hockey can be much better than what it is today. And I've continued to kind of trying to push those boundaries a bit more because hockey can be a little um, behind the times, I guess you could say. Um, especially I, I compared to, yeah, hundred yeah. percent see that. Yeah, so it, I kind of I started. I wanted to do new things with it, you know, because even in the basketball space, I would I would try to introduce things, and it's like, oh, it's already been done. It's like, okay, then you try to do something else. And you're like, well, someone's already doing that, and you're like, oh my god. So what about hockey? And they're like, no one's doing that. No one's doing this. I'm like, how's this? How's that a thing? So I found a lot of opportunity in, in the space of hockey to do something different. Yeah, no question. And then I just really fell in love with it and and just kind of ran with it. And then that's since 31 Thoughts, I've I'm invested in it. And I watch hockey quite I mean, quite often in the week, but there's also basketball that's on a lot. There's a lot of international football right now, so I'm watching a lot of that. Um so trying to kind of keep my hand on the pulse, but I'm not gonna lie, like I spend forty to fifty hours in front of my computer on Adobe editing. Um, editing, mixing, trying new things, trying to pilots, listening to music, trying to see what would be good for us for an uh, upcoming episode, trying to find music for other shows that we could use, um, listening to some of the shows that have already been done, trying to kind of critique those. So a lot of times I'm, I'm just working. You're a nonstop. It seems like you don't stop. It Just <laughs> from like the couple minutes we've been talking, it seems like you, you wake up in the morning and you're already editing on Adobe. and, and Straight up, you, Yes. <laughs> four screens at once two games two things editing at once two different pairs of headphones on you're non-stop no it's good though because i think it's there's no better compliment to get when you're at work when someone's like oh have you listened to this and you're like yeah i have three times you know like you're that you're that plugged in and it's important that when you're that plugged that plugged in because i mean right now i'm a part of my life where you know my partner and i we bought a home a year and a half ago we're living our life we're enjoying things you know, we don't have a family, so I have an opportunity to, to do something more. You know, once the family does come, then I'm going to have to make some adjustments. But in the time being, I might as well might as well go for it and see what I can do with, you know, with the time that I have. Yeah, there you go. Um, actually, just sort of going back, um, you mentioned you watch the games. Do you ever find you yourself, like, you can't fully pay attention to the actual game itself You because you've seen, like you said, how the sausage is made, um, that it's kind of hard to then reabsorb yourself into the games even not necessarily hockey basketball baseball um football that sort of thing yeah sometimes like i know i'm very critical of the broadcast there's no question i am all over the broadcasters and how they present the game the the people behind the scenes the audio engineers what are they like what are they doing if the mix is off i'm very particular I'll even catch things on broadcast if the, if the music's running too long or there was a slip up somewhere where I'm like, oh my God, how did they miss that? Or So I am very, very particular about those things. Even on radio broadcasts, when I'm listening to in my car, I'm driving around. 
yeah, I'm all over it because I know what happened behind the scenes, you know. Uh, but when I'm actually watching games, when I'm watching hockey games, something that's kind of been a thing when Jeff and Elliot have a night off and, and they're at home watching games and they'll be texting me something in the text group and it's something that I would never notice or ever know and I would have to go back to that game and go watch this one thing that they caught and it, it, it was it's it might, might be the smallest thing it's like did you see so and so have uh, using this stick in the first period and then using another stick in the second period I'm like no I didn't see that but did you it see the like intro? Jeff. Yeah, like did you see the intro for like the Coyotes game today? Man, what a you know what a mess up! And they're like, no, we didn't. I'm like, yeah, go watch that. Uh, but so yeah, I find that kind of entertaining dynamic where people are sharing things with me that I would never really notice um, versus kind of the things I'm looking for. It's it's a it's a match made in heaven. You three, <laughs> you, the the perfect group, the perfect uh, my three way. dads. Um, actually something that I mean is the weirdest combination that happened very recently um, of like media and hockey Tim Peel's hot mic Um, obviously he was fired like yeah like nine hours ago now um, because it was as I was going to bed that I saw a tweet that he was fired Um, whose fault is that and you know where question yeah, go for it. I mean, that's a great question. And uh, and there was something that Elliot mentioned to me this morning because we record an episode this morning that drops tomorrow um, and nothing to do with that situation because we're kind of waiting to see how it unfolds. But it more so uh, about uh, what broadcast picked up the hot mic, you know, and that was the question that they had asked, like Fox picked up the hot mic but the other broadcast didn't pick up the hot mic because the other audio engineer knew something was up and he killed the mic, right? So that's something that where you're very critical of, where you're like, I also, for example, on, let's give an example, in the NBA, and the NHL doesn't do this, but for uh, NBA games, the TV and radio broadcasts are hooked up to this caucus feed where the NBA refs are kind of housed and kind of like in Toronto, where the NBA are housed and where they're making decisions, those, those that back and forth with the referee and the referees back at Sakakis, uh, we hear that entire conversation. So we know what the call is before, you know, you find, you know, people find out at home. Like we know the whole conversation, how it unfolded. And I have the opportunity to pu- put that mic up and have people listen to it at home, but we're not allowed to. That mic is strictly for us, the broadcasters, to explain to the listeners, the viewers, how the decision was made and where where the problems lie within this decision um that's not the case for broadcasts in the nhl like the broadcasters do not have a a window into those conversations so that's one thing the nhl could open up to have the broadcaster have a little bit more power so they can explain these things in a good smart way to the listener and viewer why the decision was made the hot mic was just a complete mess up that that should have never happened but you know what the referees opened the door and the door was open and then you know you get caught you got to watch what you say yeah I even tell jeff and ellie all the time like i'm recording always like my big my biggest rule to to new uh new new audio engineers uh that that we bring on board is record everything record everything record whatever you can always be rolling when you're on site always roll you never know what you're going to get 
uh, even mic checks. Like I record before a mic check. I'm rolling before a mic check just because I don't know what I'm going to get. But I'm always rolling on them because sometimes I catch a lot of great moments and great conversations. I have so many great outtakes between the two of them talking about things that, you know, we've never released, but they're amazing conversations um, about the state of hockey today, yesterday, tomorrow. You know, I mean, these these conversations that will, people ne- will never hear, but they're amazing. And there are things that I kind of delve into from time to time to be like, we should bring this conversation back to the to – because the, it's very much a nevergreen conversation. Um, but I'm always rolling. Uh, but that's the thing is I have the power to put it out uh, versus that audio engineer has the power to kill the feed. And, you know, he or she did not do that. Um, so that's a big mess and up. Yeah, yeah. I think a big mess up is the kindest way you can put it. Um, it's uh, It actually sort of brings into question, like, obviously, if that, if that feed isn't live, does yeah. this, does any of this happen? Because... It was. Are you only guilty because you got caught? Um, it's. I. I was coming back to the NBA. It's. It's very much like you know they have their their refs available after the fact for for like media yes. availabilities. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you think that's something the NHL should do? I think they should, and I think it would be great to hear them out. Um, but does do the referees feel comfortable having those conversations after the game? Is a question. You know, I think the NBA has been through a lot of hot water uh, over the last couple decades with some of the things that the referees were up to and potentially all the scandals with Tim Donahue and all that kind of stuff. So I think they needed to open up the door and say, hey, look, we have a level of transparency that we need to have within the league and we're going to try to handle it best we can. The NHL felt they'd never had a problem, but now we're kind of starting to like this situation could open up a lot of doors. And I'm really excited to, to, to have jeff and elliot talk about this on tomorrow's podcast and to see what they think because um just talking to them briefly today i i I could totally see that they have some insane ideas of what could transpire but they've had some really insane ideas in the past that i thought were just kind of out of this world and they happen and i'm like maybe they're not that crazy they seem to kind of kind of they get it they get how far things can go you know how far can the league and the referees push certain boundaries so i guess it wasn't quite in the referees uh job description to be available for media um, yeah, when no. they got the job so no that is i assume there's some that, sort of that's it that's exactly yeah. i think it all comes back to that like when i was hired what was my job description so yeah but i don't even think it was on the job description to have a hot mic right so they opened that door up so also fair also fair you got to be worried about what you say no matter yep. what. Um, sort of a 180. Recently, your co-worker and my biological father, Jeff Merrick, um, tweeted that all the music that plays at the end of 31 Thoughts is picked by you. Um, yes. It was in a response to an Ask 31, but he didn't even talk about it. It was just a tweet. Um, are you a big music guy? And do you play? I don't play, but I'm a massive, massive music guy. I actually had, a little over a decade ago, I had my own music podcast. Uh, and I would interview artists that would come through town um, for music festivals and stuff. And I just had a great passion for music. And um, my buddies found it a kick, but uh, you know, when they would come to town, I'd be able to get them into all the shows. So they'd be like, okay, this is pretty funny and pretty great. <laughs> but you got a music podcast and you get to all these concerts. But that was like a decade ago. And I just fell in love with music and had a lot of, and made a lot of great connections in the industry, a lot of great PR people and publicists and stuff. And 
I felt that there was a great opportunity for me to marry those two with this podcast. And I'm actually going to use it for another podcast at the letters or Blue Jays podcast. But um, we're going to try to use more original independent music and kind of uplift some artists that I feel deserve the uplifting because they're putting out great work. And sometimes, you know, big, massive artists just gobble up all the attention and it's kind of hard to to get a great music great music out of Lethbridge, Alberta on on, on a on a piece of content that's uh, that does good numbers and, and and can you know elevate their profile a little bit and maybe take their take them from a 50 60 person venue when they come to Toronto to a 200 person venue or 250 person venue and i mean those are massive numbers but those are important numbers to me and the couple times that uh, so i've had some artists on the show play their music um it's been cool to see them before and then after, and then I play them again and see them after, and then see the popularity rise. And I'm never gonna say, oh, it was because of this, but to see the interaction that I have with that band today versus you know two years ago and how thankful they are, tells me that they're, they've had a little bit of extra pull in some markets because we've been able to get behind them a little bit and give them a bit of a push. and give them a little shout out on social media and that kind of stuff. So to me, it's been important and I've gotten somebody else in the company named Carson Illage on board as well to kind of get music on way more pieces of content from video to animations, which we're doing now with uh, Jeff, Jeff Merrick and Brian Burke and uh, on podcast. So it's, it's a big part of me. It's a big part of content creation for me. Um, because I think when you can collaborate, not just with talent and writers, but you can cl- collaborate with musicians, like it's such a great marriage. It's, uh, I mean, obviously it's, you said it was about a decade. Would you ever want to bring back a music podcast? Because, you know, you're a podcast <laughs> man and yeah. also music man. Straight up, I've tried to bring something back at uh, Rogers uh, with somebody who I think is, I think the world of when it comes to music, uh, he has declined because it's not the right time but I, I i've been trying to do something with somebody and it's just the timing is not right unfortunately but um i think the timing will be right soon it's yeah. not right until it is yeah exactly um, yeah i actually wanted to say you a while ago now you go you put um kaylee thomas at the end of one of the episodes um and that album was on repeat for me for probably two weeks straight um I don't That's even great. remember what song you picked, but it was yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I was driving home. It was it was perfect, um, and I yeah that that album was then on repeat. What's on repeat for you? Oh, that's right a good now. question. That's a good question. I got I, I it's crazy because I update my music a lot. Um, I do a lot of updates. Uh, okay, so right now I am going through a couple things that I've been suggested, and I'm kind of going to into the well. But I went back and listened to the plant. I don't know if you're familiar with Plants and Animals. I think I know the name at least. They're band from Montreal. Um, they had a they had an album a couple of years back called Waltzed Waltzed In from the Rumbling. Uh, I love that album. I got another one. It's a country band out of the U.S. called Midland. They got an album called The Sonic Ranch. I've really been loving that a lot. Uh, what else I've been diving into? Uh, I might be right. a, being a bit of a homer, but there's a lot of good Australian music coming out right now. Um, oh my god just, there is there's it's, tons tons it's i know it's been so good to see like you know australian artists getting plays overseas and um i mean the main one that comes to mind is someone like courtney barnett um mm-hmm. i cannot get enough of courtney barnett she is 
amazing um, but even 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 the the Kelly thomas connection like that that was a publicist who did not rep her at all just said hey i got someone cool i think you'd like um just doing a favor for a friend i listen listen let me know what you think i was like oh amazing great let's get her on and it wasn't even a contact of mine it was just somebody through somebody else and i get a lot of those recommendations now where it's just uh, a publicist through a publicist or a friend through a publicist or something along those lines like there are some really weird connections but they always end up panning out or musicians to musicians you know oh i heard you i heard you through this musician you featured them i'd love to get an opportunity to jump on here's my music what do you think so we get i get a lot of pitches i get a lot of dms and a lot of pitches to get music featured um and, and there's also a lot of cool things that with within sportsnet where we actually have uh a guy who's a writer of ours he wrote music uh i don't know if you know Me uh, memo and ricky ducati it's these artists out of the uk like techno guys but he wrote some pieces of music for them and he was like hey i wrote these pieces of music i was like what what a weird connection so i reached out to the label being like hey what can we maybe figure something out here um but just kind of trying to find anybody that we could uplift in any way whether it's like one of our people within sportsnet or a colleague of mine within the music industry i'm more than happy to to give it a listen that's right i'll send you my band's music next week i promise <laughs> i love that um it's um yeah listen i i i completely understand music is such a big part of of i, I feel like just media a lot these days it's so intertwined with anything audio mainly music um i feel like so much of everything that gets made can be so so influenced by music um mm -hmm. it can quite it just changes everything when when there's good music and um i remember like when i first started listening to 31 thoughts and it was like oh i guess they just pick a song at the end of every episode this is fun and then it just like then it became one of my favorite parts of the episode to to have an outro song that was different every mm -hmm. time um mm -hmm. and it's you do an amazing job um thanks most thanks. of this uh, podcast uh, is me complimenting you i appreciate that but this, it's crazy because i thought it would be that you know i thought I'd be like oh we could just pick any music this is great um and then like our legal team within like episode like eight they were like hey look um we can't do this and i was like <laughs> no I, i'm like i i know we can't but like i was waiting for you to tell me something so now you're here so let's let's write up an agreement so now it's a much i mean now we're 190 episodes so it's it's at the point where you know carson handles a lot of the licensing for for me and he's just so quick as a wizard at it trying to figure out you know multi-level deals where we can get television podcasts and digital on board for like one set price and that kind of stuff so it makes it much easier versus me trying to be like hey look i mean we got this great podcast it does x amount of numbers per week da, da, da. can we get you on it'd be great pub we can tweet you out blah 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 uh, it helps having him on board be like, Oh, I love this piece of music. We'll get them on TV. TV has money. I'm like, Oh, great Carson. Like, I appreciate the help. Thank you very much. Um, but it also does, it does give the artist a, a massive push. Cause you know, they're on a pod that's doing, you know, 150, 175 K a week. Woof. And you're like, Hey, it's a good push for you as an artist with a, with a pretty high completion rate. So yeah, you're not getting the entire audience finishing the pod, but you're getting like a hundred thousand people getting to the end of the podcast you know, that's a good lift for you as an artist. So, you know, good what kind of promotion do you want? Yeah. So I don't know. What kind of promotion do you want? It all kind of depends on, 
you know the the artist and if, if they're if they're into hockey it's a, it's an easy like we're definitely on board we love this we want to be associated with it but if it's somebody who i just love and they're like hockey what do you mean we're in san antonio texas and i'm like oh boy okay it's gonna be a tough pitch i yeah i have noticed i for a short time i was like are they just picking canadian artists because i would totally get that um but then i think you guys played someone from from new york recently um, yeah, and, yeah. I played a couple of Australian artists too back in the day. I think. I think. I, did I, you? I, I should go I back I, and I think, listen. I think I delved a couple in there. Yeah. That's right. I'll, if you need Australian music recommendations, I am plugged in here as well. No, I'm um, down for that. Fantastic. Um, so with the shows you, you you know you're running, how much of a say do you have when when everything's rolling? Um, you know, obviously Elliot and Jeff have have this amazing chemistry, and they could yeah. probably talk to each other for six days straight. Um, yeah. but how often are you either secretly in the driver's seat or at least you have to redirect the wheel a little bit to get it back on track? Uh, there's, there's, there is times I would say one, one in every three shows I, I pipe, I pipe in. I'm like, Hey guys, we've, we've, we've rehashed this so many times. Let's not, or, you know, we're getting heavy on time or do you want to do this this week or next week? Uh, or sometimes where I'm like, We'll have to go back and re-voice stuff. Many times I've had to go back and re-voice stuff. Um, so there is times where that pops in. Majority of the time, and I gotta—I don't know if people actually know this, but I will reject the show in my in my post-edit. I will move things around and it, it, so it fits where I feel it, it works best. Just for a flow 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 purposes, that's where kind of I want it to go. Um, and a lot of times I edit out like 20% of the show. Um, where I'm like, it's just too heavy on this, too heavy on that. And the best thing about working with them and not having like a senior uh, executive producer having to like listen to like, there's no executive producer. Like, I, I am the executive producer. So it's like, there's no one that you have to send this to before it goes out. Plus like they're really tight deadlines. It's we record this morning. It's, it's out tomorrow morning. Um, they give me all the freedom. They trust me, you know, and what more do you want as a producer? It's like, you take out things and you move things around and then the product goes out and they listen to it for the first time when it goes out and they're like, Oh, this is great. This turned out awesome. You know, we recorded for two and a half hours. How'd you get it down to an hour and 15 minutes? And it's like, I don't just don't worry about it, but like it's there and people love don't it. Ask questions. Yeah. You know, it's all good. We've, we've got it figured out. So I think that's where I have a lot of say is in the post edit where I'm listening to something and, and honestly throughout, throughout the evening, that's uh, some crazy times at times. Uh, I'll be getting texts from both of them being like, Hey, let's, can we adjust this? Or can we take this out? This thing happened tonight. Let's take that out. So they're always kind of in my ear trying to give me a heads up on the way the evening's changing, which might kind of shift the, some of the, some of the topics within the show. Yeah. Uh, actually that was going to be sort of my next question. Uh, obviously Elliot Friedman seems to know everything that happens, um, that involves yeah. a stick and a puck. Um, do you ever, ha- have there been times where, there's been some insider knowledge that was left on the cutting room floor that he might have texted you after the fact and been like, hey, can you maybe not, you just cut this out. Many times. That happens many times. And it's always for the, it's always the right decision. I will never say that Elliot has made a wrong, or even Jeff. Jeff comes comes to the table with a lot of really good stuff um, where he'll text me later and say, hey, let's just take that out. We'll discuss it another day. Right now is not the time. A lot of times, like right now is not the time. There's a lot going on in this. Like, let's just leave that out. So I'm I'm more than happy to, to to do that. But that's the thing is, I think 
knowing those guys now for a couple of years, they have so many platforms to make happy. Whether it's Jeff on radio every day, uh, Elliot on radio doing 10 radio hits a, a week, um, them on TV on Wednesdays tonight, uh, Saturday nights with Elliot, like they have a lot of places they got to make happy. So sometimes they need to save content for other places and that's fine. Like it's just this, the reality of their situation, you know? So I worry about that sometimes too, is, is it getting oversaturated at times? You know, are they putting so much of the same information each and every single week into their, into their other places that they're doing this? But that's the thing is sometimes when they get talking, they go down these crazy wormholes and it ends, ends up being some really great discussions that you couldn't have anywhere else because on TV, you only have five minutes or radio, you only have 20 minutes. Um, this conversation deserves half an hour or 40 minutes to really dive into it. So uh, a lot of times uh, I don't, I don't get those messages, but I'll get it. I'll get one of those messages once in once in every like 10 shows, 12 shows, I'll get something like, Hey, let's, let's take that out. It's uh, I can only imagine actually, you know, on sort of taking things out that end of year episode where I think it was like three or four hours yeah. Yeah. of, of interviews Tell me how, how much that killed you. Like it how, killed, how many it, years it, did you lose because of editing that incredibly long fucking mess, but not a mess, just this, Yeah, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. How, how, like it, how did it kill lot. you? It killed, it was crazy. Cause at first it was, they had a list and it was insane. I was just like, guys, there's, I just kind of did the math in my head. I that, that I, you know, honestly, I'll tell you this. I never say no right away. I always, I always say, okay. And then I go back and I kind of assess things. I'm like, is it possible? Can we do this? Is the, could the get, is the guest going to be that great? Is it worth it? Da, da, da. Um, this one, this time around is it's Christmas time. It's been a tough year. Let's assess it. So then I went that night and kind of thought about it. And the list was 42 people, 43 people. I was like 43 people times five minutes. Oh my God, this is getting crazy. Um, this is going to be, way too much movement it's not going to work <laughs> and then i went back to elliot and jeff the next day i said guys this is going to be like six hour podcast like no one's going to listen to it it's christmas time you know and you know they decided to kind of backpedal a little bit and say hey well instead of doing five minutes with 40 some odd guests let's do 10 minutes with <laughs> 20 some odd guests so i was like all right that doesn't help guys <laughs> yeah. but i was able to kind of take some of those interviews and take them from like 10 minutes to seven minutes and kind of work around and I moved, I cut some stuff out because there were some guests that were really, really great. And they were like 15, 16 minutes. Like for example, Hunter Ryan Singh was awesome. He was such a great guest. We talked to him for 20 I minutes. Love like Hunter I love Hunter Ryan. I think I got him down to 12 minutes or something, but there's parts of that interview where I just took out because I was like, I want to save that for another episode where Hunter Ryan comes on with us. Cause that, that conversation we need to, there's a couple follow-ups to these questions and we can't get to it now. So I'm not gonna, I, I'm gonna take that out. So it took off. It took a lot. It took a, basically a week to edit. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I was up every night till like three in the morning for like three straight nights editing. Um, but then we also had like editing sessions where, sorry, recording sessions where we had three separate recording sessions full of, you know, full of interviews. So it was like, okay, recording session that I get a, a day off and I'd be editing during that day, and then another recording session, and then I'd be editing the next day, and it's just over and over again, till we finally got to like the fourth recording day, and we had like three interviews. It was like Brian Burke. Kevin Bieksa and somebody else. Who was it? I can't remember. Somebody else. Those three, it was somebody else. Right. The names and, you've dropped are already pretty heavy. Yeah. So like those three, those three, and there was somebody else. Who was it? 
the Carolyn Cameron Cameron came on with us to play to play the uh, ukulele, I think it was, and. Mm-hmm. So those were the three interviews we were doing, and then we had to set up like how she's gonna do the outro, and like the longest thing, the most complicated thing was like, how is she gonna play the outro on her blue Yeti mic and make it sound pretty decent? And I was just like so frustrated over that's the last thing we're doing, and I'm just like pulling my hair out. I've already put in like 48 hours of editing, not, like outside of recording sessions, and and then you know I think after the episode went out, I think Elliot called me on like Christmas Eve and was just like, hey, great job. I was like, thanks. Are you sleeping? I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm like, I literally, I'm like, I'm sleeping because I was editing last night so late. But uh, you know, they appreciated it, and I, you know, after the episode out, I was out, and after I listened to all of it, it's, it, it was worth it. It really was. Um, I did an episode of called a Season in Sound for the 2018-19 season, I think it was, and it was basically the entire season without any narration was just play by play and highlights and clips. And that took me a very, very long time to put together. Like it was so much work with Maria St. Oban put getting, she was sourcing all the sound and luckily with the rights holders so we can get all the sound. But um, that project to make it flow and, and move as it did was a, one of the hardest tasks I've ever, you know, I've taken on. Um, but after you even listening to, I've listened to it back a few months ago. It was one of the, coolest pieces of work I've ever done so you know it took a long time a lot of sleepless nights but whatever it was worth it sometimes sometimes the thing that you like it's obviously the best payoff when something you work so tirelessly on and hardest on it's it's still good it holds up yes um, yeah test the time yeah totally I I will say the the extra long Christmas episode I did listen to the whole thing good um, for you one session one sitting I think I cleaned every single room in my apartment oh, wow. um and it was listen those long form sort of podcasts where everything just keeps going and it feels nonstop. Like I burn through my podcasts in a week so quickly. I'm driving mm-hmm. so much. I'm listening so much. Um, so that extra long one, it was like, all right, sick. I I don't need to worry about what I'm listening to this week. I'm I'm sick. Yeah, nice, nice. That's the whole great. Time. That was the kind of I think that was the whole idea that Elliot kind of came up with was it's the holiday season, right? Like what are folks doing? You know, they're just hanging out and maybe they go for a walk or whatever with their family and then they come home and they want to kind of have some kind of just alone time. It's COVID here. At least it was here. It was pretty, pretty high, Mm -hmm. high COVID numbers. So he just thought of it as a good opportunity for us to kind of give people something long because we're going to take two weeks off or at least I was taking two weeks off. Um, And and that was the idea behind it. And it worked out great. It really did. And you know what? I got, I got to say like, it brought a lot. It brought a lot of people together uh, from our company. It was it was something that I feel like we had distanced ourselves so much from one another, and it, it created a good opportunity for us to to bring some people together. You know, bring bring all these voices together into one space and kind of showcase uh, one how talented people are within our within the walls that we work in, but also to reflect on the challenges that that we went through this year. You know, as a whole. So it was good. Yeah, I mean, at at Christmas time, what more could you want? You know, it's um, it was very much, you know, in the air of uh, of like, just a very long radio show. Um, because I feel like podcasts are just sort of, you know, they have a topic and then they have other questions that go through it. But this one was like, it was just talkback radio, but with you know people who's who've been bringing you hockey for the past however long. Um, yeah, yeah. 
it was it was great um you know with everything that uh you know elliot sort of uh made you leave on the cutting room floor should we expect an amal belich insider account oh, dude i uh definitely not because i don't have the time for that <laughs> uh, so someone told me a couple a couple months ago like oh you should try like you know just do some like just some stocks or whatever just play with some stocks and i was like all right cool i'll play some stocks i'll put a couple hundred bucks in and a couple weeks go by i'm like i don't have time for this i don't have time for this i have no time to see like what stock's doing great what's not doing great like forget about an insider account like i can't even take care of my own money <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay all right I'll, I'll scratch that off things to look for um <laughs> you, you mentioned you've been you know the host of a podcast before with your music podcast do you do you ever have like do you ever feel like maybe you want to be back in front uh of the microphone as opposed to behind the mute button never never no no i i i enjoy the building something so much more than being like the face of it or the voice of it you know i think that all the behind the scenes work that goes into creating a piece of work is people you don't you don't get, you don't get quite too much credit for it but um People notice it when you're not there. Like when you walk away, people notice that like, oh man, the quality of work or the quality of sound or the continuity of fluidity of this of this show is not the same. And I mean, I pride myself on those things, but that's what it takes to kind of get it to get to that level of, of like detail. <laughs> so I'm like, I like that. I like that I'm so detail oriented and I'm very, I'm, much, I'm very much a stickler about like Elliot's mic technique and that kind of stuff. Um, not so much Jeff. Jeff's amazing on the mic, but Elliot, I, sometimes I'm about, I'm on him about his mic technique. Um, and we're not in studio anymore, right? Like the, they just do mm. it over on audio, web-based audio chat, and I can't see him anymore. You know, it kills me because I'm like, I know you're cheating. I can, I can hear it. I can hear it when I get the audio because he, he, he does, he records the audio locally. I can mm. hear it after you're off mic, and it just drives me crazy. But um, I mean, whatever. He's he's doing like eight jobs at once. He's trying to like figure out who's getting traded, who's getting suspended, who's doing this. And I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. You're yeah. busy. Does he ever get? I mean, I feel like it's got to have happened at least once. Breaking news mid podcast. Where? Hundred percent. No. Oh 100%. yes. Oh, okay. It's uh, every like... every two three weeks. We have to stop. We have to stop and come back and because he's got to go do something. Yeah. Or he's got to go on the radio and you know. Do, do a hit. hit with whatever right? yeah but it happens a lot it happens a lot of times that's you got to deal with the the busiest man uh in hockey i guess oh well and then jeff will say something like uh and jeff will say something like uh okay so we'll see you later tonight at 11 or, or like you know it's like really like 11 they're like well you know when's Elliot gonna be done or it's like okay cool and then his, his saying is it's like all right so i guess we're just gonna be waiting for elliot here like those are like his go-tos because we're always waiting on him he's always late um mm -hmm. but he's always late with a reason it's always he's doing something he's or he'll like jump on a call and be like hey guys like two minutes i'm just trying to wrap up a phone call and then you're like you, you know we could hear the phone call and like i gotta mute the phone calls and like, give the guy some privacy but uh like he's always working like there's no question he's always working and um but yeah yeah the only time I have to deal with Jeff, Jeff's like, I'm not on time is uh, combine and draft. Like, oh, I can't. Mm. It's hard to even get Jeff to focus when that time of year comes up because he is so entrenched in, in, in that world that um, he's the one that's always late. And it's just fine because, like, he is, like, the utmost, like, the foremost expert in junior hockey in Canada. I would say him and Sam Cosentino are just 
two insane minds when it comes to that world. It's, um, I mean, fortunately for you, I don't think there's going to be a combine this year. So um, I know, I know. I think, <laughs> I think you have, you have more reign over Jeff than usual this year. Big win, big win, big win. I feel um, bad for the kids. I feel bad for the kiddos, but man, big win for me. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole different conversation. That whole, like, I've been hearing so many things like, you know, you, what, what's the value of a draft pick this year? What, what's, um, do, is anyone, does anyone want to give anything up? Because yeah, a late round draft pick can still be amazing. Um, yeah. Because we have yeah. no effing f- clue. No gauge. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. No gauge. I mean, when was the last time you played? 2019. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, where, obviously I'm sure you probably haven't heard this question since like high school. Where do you, where do you see like what you're doing in five years? Um, it's yeah. a big question, I'm sure. It's um, a big question because I've never, I've had, I used to set those goals for myself in like in high school, but um, I stopped setting those goals for myself because my, my, my entire career kind of was like derailed and I went into a completely different direction and I'm in a field that I did not think I'd be in, focusing on a discipline that I not I didn't think was in my future. Um, I love sports and I saw myself working in sports one day maybe, so that's kind of, those kind of things met, but um yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I have some, some goals for myself, but um, like where I want to be, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I feel like I'm just getting started. That's right. You you can probably do a couple hundred more uh, episodes of, of 31 thoughts and then, um, you know, maybe you'll, you'll see it going further from there. I've, I've honestly uh, got to say, I've, I've been starting, I've really been enjoying uh, the an, an animation series with Brian and Jeff. Oh, hey, Buck, he's I, been amazing. Yeah, I've been enjoying like the sound design, the production, and storyboarding. Those like I, I have kind of, I like that, I like that part of, I like that part of the work a lot. I think it's nice to kind of shut off my podcast brain for a little bit, do something different, and kind of get a fire going in something else, and then kind of come back to podcasting. So that's been nice. But uh, I'm not gonna lie, as as stupid as it sounds, I've enjoyed kind of working with the sales team the last couple of months, just trying to figure out how do they work and how do podcasts work where where we work and how can they can they work differently is there a different way that we can think about podcasting and monetization um that hasn't been done before Uh, because i think a lot of times it's we live in these two separate houses the sales team and then the production team and I not many places that I've worked have they lived in the same house and I'm trying to figure out is there a way for us to like maybe we don't share a room but we live in the same house and we can have those conversations to figure out a way to monetize these things better because I mean I don't know CBC is doing great but it's a public broadcaster just like ABC you know Rogers is a private broadcaster you know private company you know there's got shareholders and stock market so it's, it's a different animal so there is an expectation at the end of the day but trying to figure out a way with the sales folks, how do we figure this marriage out is something I would love to find find out. I mean, if whoever solves that puzzle and cracks that nut, it's going to be okay. At, at this point, it's it's everyone, eyes on you, you know. Yeah. You're you're the man. Um, I hope, I yeah. I, that's I don't the know, fourth but time I don't, I've said it. I, I, honestly, it's, it's, it all also comes down to the talent, right? The hosts and stuff. Like, how willing are they, you know, how how willing are they, they to play ball? You know, are they willing to, are they willing to give a little to get something back? 
maybe not today or tomorrow, but maybe two, three, four weeks from now, five months from now, but are they willing to kind of try something different, take a different approach? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm testing things. I'm trying to see what works and what doesn't. There is nothing more promising than hearing that they're, they're <laughs> testing things. Everybody, they're testing things. Look out, something's coming. Yeah, well, we've got to try uh, stuff. It's like we've got to try things. Like, we can't just sit back and be like, everything's fine. It's like, well, come on. We can always be better. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's the dream to to have everything. I mean, it's it's very clear that you you know, first of all, obviously you know what you're doing. But there is, I've spoken to a, a lot of people, not on the podcast, but just in general, you ha- yeah. you have this terrifying drive. Um, <laughs> I think if I gave you a Lego set, uh, you'd complete it, but then also like make origami from the box, um, and yeah. I don't know, do something with the plastic bag somehow. Yeah, um, my girl, my girlfriend says the same. She's like, "You never sleep." I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I just go to bed after you, and I wake up before you." I promise, I get it in there sometimes. Yeah, trust me. Like, I'm next to you. I swear to you every night. But it's just, I go to bed much later than you when I wake up before you. So that's how it works. Uh, but, actually, uh, quick, quickly going to Hey Berkey. Um, you know, I I remember. In, I think it was in the most recent one. Uh, Jeff was talking about. You know, you're you're a big part of that. Um, and Berkey mentioned he was uh, he wanted to keep doing it um, even now that he's with Pittsburgh. Um, you know how how involved are you in that process? Um, and like, you know, obviously animation isn't quite podcasting, um, but uh, you know, you mentioned you were enjoying it. That that whole process. What's that sort of running like? And obviously, a lot of it relies on Brian. Um, yeah. So yeah, what's what's that whole process like? It, it's it, it's. Like I, I, I do a lot of live. Like I don't do the animation, and Neil Britt does the animation. But I do a lot of like Neil's does not have a hockey background, but he's just a really creative, creative guy. Um, one of the most creative guys I've gotten to work with those last couple of years. Um, and he's he's not even that's not even just dis- dis- his discipline. Um, we just found out that he did that like recently. <laughs> so it's like, what you do that? Wow, crazy. Do you want to try this? He's like, yeah, I'll try it. So, uh, but there's a lot of lifting, like a lot of the scripting. Um, for those episodes a lot of the, all the research scripting i did all that for brian and jeff i did all this the sound engineering for it i did all the sound design for it soundscaping for it um all the editing i do all that and then i do all the storyboarding for the animator and kind of give him my vision this is what i i envision this looking like and this is the scene that i want and this is the, the musical cues that i like and um collaborating with carson illage on the music um, that i feel would be best suited for for this episode uh, that kind of stuff yeah like i'm i play a massive massive part of it billy duke was the one who he's one of our uh tv guys he he got me on board and was like hey would you be interested in doing this i think it would really work um, but i need someone with it with with the who's got a sound experience to put this thing together put it to life but i have an animator that we can you know we can tag team you with i was like oh amazing so once he brought me on board it was just like you know guns a blazing just because i knew brian i knew jeff really well and uh, Brian's book came out and I just kind of went through it a couple times and got a bunch of great stories and just kind of said, you know what, let's not just work off the book, but let's work off of your friendship that you guys have built over the last couple of years. And we'll kind of do that as our scene entries. And, um, it ended up being really, it's, it's ended up being great where I'm actually working on another series. So it's, I, it's, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. That was my next question. I mean, you know, you mentioned how much you love it. Is there, is there something new, but I guess there is, there is um, something new, but it's, it's not fully, it's not fully, uh, green lit yet, yeah, but it sits in the works. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like when things are in that weird space between yeah. being, yeah, we're going to do it. And like this, this ravaging idea, it's always mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, there's so much potential here. Um, well, it's like, it's also, it's like, I, I noticed with a lot of musicians too, when they come across like a certain riff they like, or just like a certain drum beat they like, it just, that's all they think about. Mm-hmm. And that's, all that just keeps going over and over in their mind and they're like well what lyric can i put to this or can i add another piece of music to this and it's all that just keeps coming over and over and over them and they they can't they can't do anything about it till it's done and you kind of kind of get stuck but that's that's the most exciting part in the process is is like when you're working on demos and prototypes like i'm that that part of the process really gets me excited because it just shows you what the potential of this thing can be um and just like just like music like you're crafting a demo it's the same thing for like animation and podcasts like i love creating prototype podcasts because it gives you a sense of what's possible even when the like the sound quality is shit or whatever right like when you're you've got a beat and it's just recorded on your phone and it sounds like crap it doesn't matter the idea is there you you mm-hmm. get what it's about um like when i hear something like when i walk on for a walk on for a run and i come across something and i hear a sound i get my phone on and record it right away because i want to capture that moment because i'm like i this inspires me to do something or create something with this um so i love the stage it's the best stage it's kind of a weird stage because it's like will management say yes will they say no but uh i, d- I don't care because it's just like you're gonna try to you're gonna try it anyways yeah yeah um, it's I with the music thing. I know exactly how it is. I remember there was a riff that I had written, like I think at this point, like four years ago. So like middle of high school, um, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, I'm so obsessed with just playing the guitar, playing the bass every day. Um, and I wrote this one thing, and only recently did my band actually put it into a song. Um, and I came across that like voice memo I had recorded, uh, mm-hmm. not like now ages ago, and I was like. It it feels complete. It feels like that cycle was was fully recognized. Um, so it's yeah, it, it I can it's it's a good feeling to see everything sort of come together. Yeah, like I'll give you an example of that. Like there was this artist I saw uh, at the I think it was 2017 Toronto Jazz Festival, and I never forgot his name, Larnell Lewis. I was like Larnell Lewis, what a is, name is the shit. This guy is unbelievable, and I'm like if I ever get an opportunity to feature something with Larnell Lewis, I'm doing it. And I, but it's gotta be right. So the next episode of Hey Berkey, which drops next week, I got an awesome track by Larnell Lewis on it, just because I had, and it's the scene was right and everything just kind of fit, it just flowed. I was like, this is perfect. So it's just, it just sat in the back of my brain. Like it just, that artist and his music just sat there and sat there. It was like the, the time will be right one day where I get to feature him and like, that was it. You know, it took, it took four years, five years to get this thing done, but it just it sits with you it just sits with you and you're like you know i'll it, it will come to me and and there it is well so i know what not know what music to expect next week on the hey yeah. Berkey. oh yeah um yeah i mean i'm excited um i actually don't know if this will be out by the time that episode's out um and i i don't want to say go watch it because yeah i i'm i'm just i have a hunch that maybe more people will be watching hey Berkey than listening <laughs> to this podcast um just the last thing, um, yeah. you know, you're obviously on the call every time for 31 Thoughts. I, for the longest time, was like, I hope I hope they give Amel some time to talk. Mm. Um, I, yeah. Obviously, Hate you're, you're not... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
every now and then every now and then you're on and like in the last episode you said a couple words um and i was like let's let's elliot and jeff talk to him just ask him what he thinks about this just be like you know he's always here what does he have to say um i i've I've been going into every podcast and reading the show notes and being like maybe one day maybe one day they'll have a chat to him that's Um, funny and I don't know. I just feel like you know, put put the put the production team somewhere. Give them somewhere to talk. Um, I I love the fact that it's the two of them. It's their show, and I can't thank them enough for you know how kind they are with giving me credit. But they also know over the years they've they've gotten to know how much work that goes into behind the scenes, and. It took time for them to see, like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like, how much you got to do, and how you got to like treat every single track, and then you got to mix things, and then you got to edit it, and then you got to mix it again, and like they kind of have understood this whole process that goes into putting this thing together to make it sound good. And I've always told them, like, if someone turns your podcast on and it sounds sounds like shit after thirty seconds, they're turning it off. And there's nothing worse for me as a producer to have somebody do that to you guys. Something that like this is like your life and blood. Your life and blood is. The, the work that you do with the information that you attain and i don't want to put your name in that shit bracket i just don't i, mean, I want to put your name in like the quality bracket and quality only so i, I thank them a lot because the, you know they understand how much work goes into because there's a lot of people that i work with that have no idea they're just like honestly there's an article in the new yorker and it was about a podcast at la that just got up and running during the pandemic and one of the hosts was just like and then we record the podcast and I'm like, poof, it's there next morning. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not like that. It's just, I was up all night working on that shit. Uh, <laughs> I but, wish uh, it was like that. You kidding yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. But, the, but, you know, the guys get it and, and I respect them. And I love the fact there's just two of them because um, my role on that show is, is pretty set in stone. And I love the role that I play. But the, 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 the purpose of the show you know, is very simple, you know, they attain stuff and then they give it to people. And like, that's the way I wanted to stay. That's the way I like it. Um, they've at, like, Jeff keeps pitching me on different podcast ideas all the time. And I'm like, okay, I don't have time, but you know, they, <laughs> they, they, they have like spinoff projects that they want to do too. Right. And I'm just like, I don't have time, but they have ideas too, that I want to involve myself in those, some of those ideas. It's just, you know, time is, you know, I just don't have enough time to do those. Send Jeff my way. I have so much time. I'm so, I'm so cashed with time. Please. All right. I also just want to tell Jeff I love him. Um, right. But, uh, yeah. Look, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, you've been nothing but a pleasure. I'm sorry I took up, like, over an hour of your time. No, it's all right, man. Um, it's, uh, it's been a dream come true to have you come on. I was realistically like, all right, so I'll have, like, a couple people on here and there and maybe one day Emma will respond to this message I sent him because I send so many Twitter messages and nobody gets back to me. No, it's Um, actually, that was one piece of advice Elliot gave me a couple years ago. He said, open up your DMs. You'd be surprised. And I was like, what? And you know what? He was right. I, uh, every day I get a message from somebody to give me music or advice or like, Hey, come join my, like my clubhouse chat or whatever. Um, it's pretty great it, opening it up as as given and you know what else is done uh, it's it's opened up it's opened up a door for a lot of students to reach out to me 
where now every single week I'll take a half hour call with a student from any school and I'll just talk like talk shop with them, talk about the industry, what it takes to get in the industry. If they have certain questions about audio mixing, I'm more than happy to sit talk half an hour audio mixing with them. Um, if they talk about, you know, challenges and struggles that they're going through um, within like, you know, the industry and just not getting their foot in the door, um, trying to figure out what could be a good next step, just things like that, you know, and it's, I've, I've honestly found it really uh, refreshing for me to, it's, it's, it's given me a little bit of a fire as well, an extra fire that maybe I didn't need, but as an extra fire to kind of be like, you know, it's nice to have people in the industry just as hungry as you are, you know, and I, sometimes you forget, how, like you're, you're so busy, you forget about the hunger because you're just overwhelmed with the work. But then you see someone that come up and they're doing stuff and you're like, yeah, I got this like um, skateboard podcast and, you know, you want to listen to it and you're just like, oh, how long is it? It's like it's six minutes. You're like a six minute skateboard podcast. Then you listen to it and it's so raw and simple and it's beautiful, you know, really like beautiful. And you're just like, man, that's so great. Like, good for you. And you just feel inspired. You know, you feel so inspired to go and do something that's that's that much different, you know, because everything feels, feels so segmented working in, in this private sector that you, you listen to these independent projects and just your mind's blowing. And if my DM wasn't open, I would have never, I, I would have never gotten those connections. Well, I'll be happy to keep spamming you with bullshit for the next six months until you decide to mute me. Yeah, um, sounds good. I'm sounds good. Very excited to get on your bad side. Um, well, yeah, no, Liz, thank you for, you know, uh, being, uh, the, the voice of the podcast as opposed to the, um, the mysterious elusive Amel of 31 yeah. thoughts. No, um, no worries. No worries. Yeah. Well, let's ask you, like, I, I got to ask you here. What do you, what pods do you listen to? What do you, what's, what's on your role decks of pods? Uh, podcasts at the moment. I'm very, I'm sort of all over the place, uh, to yep. be honest. Uh, obviously a lot of 31 thoughts, um, I listened to the Steve Dangle podcast, which yep. um, big Dangle fan. He actually got me, uh, what should I call it? He helped get me my hands on uh, a Nick Robertson shirt with that thing a while ago. And nice. Steve was nothing but kind, but now he doesn't respond to my messages, which is fair. Um, I'll let him know. I'll, I'll let him know. <laughs> stop, stop bullshitting and get back to you. I'm sure he's heard enough of me at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I listen to the Hamish and Andy podcast, which is um, like a, a comedy thing down here in Australia. Uh, Hamish and Andy. I assure you, you've seen something Hamish and Andy at some point. Um, but I listened to a couple true crime ones. Um, Teacher's Pet was a good one a while ago mm, yeah. and one called Cult Podcast. Um, my my podcast, Rolodex, is, is very all over the place. I'm not really solid with anything at the moment nice. um but it's good, uh, actually it's good to mix it up like that though man yeah I like, I like, actually i feel like people who listen to just a true crime podcast i'm like what kind of life do you live yeah there's got to be other things there man yeah well that's that's like that's a dark life like come on switch it up a little bit there's some good stuff out there in sports and comedy and like history like so yeah i, I didn't even ask you what do you, what podcasts are you listening to i can only imagine it's more than i've heard in my entire life well, I there's there's there is a couple staples that are that are in my uh, that are in my my log right now. Um, Dissect by Spotify, I like that a lot. Just kind of breaking down albums. Fucking really, really love good. Dissect. Yeah. Oh my gosh, really good. That um, that guy does everything so well. Um, he's very he's very talented. Uh, Song Exploder. I mean, I've been on that. It's got it's kind of 
Hershey Caraway is amazing, but I, I, I love that seasons one and two is unbelievable um, from the music side. I like the memory memory palace from the history side. Really cool, cool stories, U.S. based stories. But the the storyteller is unbelievable. Very talented, talented guy. Uh, Nick DeMeo, um, 99% Invisible, amazing podcast out of San Francisco. They do a lot of cool architecture stuff, design stuff. Uh, very, very talented podcast. Uh, what have I gotten onto lately, though? Um, I the last couple months, just because I'm interested in in, in U.S. sports, uh, like college sports and stuff like that. Lately, uh, ESPN The Daily has been really good. A good uh, a good resource of mine. Uh, the big story. I'm going to give a little shout out to the people here at uh, at Rogers. They do a good job of doing a daily news podcast, based mainly Canadian. So you're not going to. Not a not yeah, not a great I, fit not a great fit for you, but doesn't yeah. quite apply to me. But like those are some of the ones that I like. Uh, there's uh, also I just started editing Inside Curling, which is one we uh, we partnered up with a curling podcast. Is curling big in Australia? Out of curiosity, I don't think uh, more than fifty people in Australia have Curl. ever considered curling. I don't think they've ever curled. Okay, um, okay, I'm curious. Like, I was curious. Ice hockey's pretty big uh well it's not big it's the people who like ice hockey love ice hockey um Mm -hmm. notice how i say ice hockey and not just hockey yeah because field hockey is infinitely bigger um so yeah like i played field hockey first um and then i moved to ice hockey um okay but um yeah like no the, the the australian hockey scene is so into it like Every single person who works at like the hockey store, they they played with and are best friends with Nathan Walker. Like it's so tight knit. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. Like, wow. like I spoke with Nathan Walker because he was at like a training thing that was it was tiny. I didn't know who was coming. I got asked to be there by my goalie coach, and then I rocked up and I had my camera and my skates, and I was like, "What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> 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 what do you mean, Nathan Walker's here? I'm t- I don't look good enough to meet Nathan just, Walker for the first just time. Just a regular guy. Just a regular guy. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, walking around saying hi to people. Um, and like it, it, it it's it's so tight knit. Um, and everybody who's awesome. who's into it is is more than into it. Um, and that's actually what I was going to finish on. Um, like thirty one thoughts. Everything Sportsnet does that's online is so amazing to to grow the game because we we have no streams here we have nothing to watch hockey on here um we have there's there's no like our fox sports has two games every two weeks oh boy so and they're all they're all american games and i i follow an american team but like you know sometimes i want to watch the leafs sometimes i yeah it like our espn doesn't show it it's all like fox sports and it's like late night and it's impossible to get it so everything you guys do it's been it's been more than like generous to just sort of like spread the game down here because um we have we have no way of of getting this content we have um it's it's tough and you know um the people who are here are so starved for hockey because our our semi-pro league isn't isn't on tv it's on like youtube live not even twitch um so, yeah. I'm just no, I'm, I'm actually just gonna share some info with you right now. Hold on a second. Oh please, because uh, I think I think uh, I'm pretty sure that Australia is in the top five or top seven 
for audiences for 31 Thoughts, I think. It might just, just be me listening on repeat, to be honest. No, nah, it's pretty <laughs> impressive. I remember looking at it a few weeks ago. I was like, Australia? That's odd. And then you messaged me, and I was like, man, it might be it, this, this might be real. Um, I, I've i been saying it for a long time now. I yeah. think the explosion... Top, top fi- five. Top five. Shit. And, and like um, sneaking, up on, sneaking up on the UK. Get out of yeah. here, UK. Yeah. We don't want that. Yeah, so pretty uh, crazy, though. Like, take that's pretty pretty impressive. No, we, like... I, I've been saying it for probably... Obviously, last year didn't help, but I think the explosion uh, in Australian ice hockey is, is going to be soon, and it's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Like, Nathan Walker's pretty big. Like, Nathan Walker made it to the NHL, and the Prime Minister at the time was like, yo, well done. Like, that's sick. <laughs> um, like, they met up. and it's It's... It's... Obviously, not a big deal to most people, but to the people it's a big deal to, it's the biggest deal. Um, okay, that's awesome. That's so that's so awesome. It's um, I get to work with a couple companies that are like, you know, big parts of of what I think is going to be the big growth. Um, and you got in early, Emil. You know, mm. you you bought stocks at the right time. Congratulations, <laughs> you're, you're thanks, a pioneer. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate that. insider trading. Um, yeah. but yeah, listen. Thank you so much. Um, uh, I won't keep you for too much longer. I think I was about to say it's getting late. It's like seven twenty for you, so yeah. you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be up for six more hours anyway. I'm sure. I hope not. Um, but yes, yes. Um, listen, just shoot me a message when you want to hire me. Um, I'll 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 try to get back to you as quickly as I can. Um, I, it's, I'm it's sure whatever. when when hockey blows up in Australia, we're gonna need an Australian correspondent. So please, yeah. This is no longer a joke, Emil. Please. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. Listen. Thank you so much. Um, I'll. I'll. Hopefully, if if you feel like it, I'll have you on uh, in six months when I finally actually learn how to uh, be good at this. Um, hey man, give me give me a show. Then, you you've got my email. More than happy to connect with you again. But I'm expecting those Australian tracks soon. Yeah. I'll, your, listen. Your, your band's tracks too. I'm expecting those. I'll shoot you a message. I'm actually going to record later today. Um, amazing, so amazing. It'll be it'll be more than fun. Um, amazing. Yeah, listen. Thank you so so much. I cannot say it enough. Um, you've been a joy. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll catch you some other time, hopefully, and uh, I'll I'll catch the episode tomorrow. Yeah, man. Um, Ple- pleasure. Pleasure. Fantastic. Thank you so All much. Right. Isn't that man a joy? Uh, thank you again so much, Amal Delich of Sportsnet, for coming on uh, this little shitty fucking podcast. <laughs> no, he was he was lovely. He was so kind. I'm sure you heard it all there. Um, he he had a lot in him. Uh, you know, I, I've only ever heard him in short little bits, and every now and then you'll get three words out of him uh, on on a little podcast. Uh, it's it was lovely to talk to him. Uh, thank you so much, Amal Delich. Um, yeah and thank you for listening it's it's been a joy this has been the first episode i hope you like it i really hope you do i'm trying my hardest um follow the the uh, that follow the podcast's twitter uh it's at media side pod on twitter follow my twitter at alex forlo go to the website mediasidepod.com uh to find just the episode uh but also spotify links apple music links um everything you could ever need it's all up there uh just uh go to the website mediasidepod.com or like i said the twitter at mediasidepod um i hope everyone has a wonderful day i hope everyone has a wonderful week and happy scrolling <laughs> <laughs>